Welcome back to the Cook It Real Good podcast. I am your host, Cassie Hilbron, and today's episode is all about chef secrets that will actually make a difference in your home cooking. I chat with Nicole Schwegman, host of the podcast BFF with the Chef. Nicole is a home chef and food enthusiast who celebrates with her stomach and travels with her taste buds. On BFF with the Chef, she aims to help people benefit from the knowledge she seeks out every day, bringing them the very best inspiration, guidance, and tips from the chefs and culinary professionals that she admires. Nicole shares so many helpful tips in this episode that will transform your cooking. You will love this one. Now, just before we start, you'll have to forgive me, but on this particular day, my pop chewy was in fine form barking because a truck decided to park right in front of my house at the very same time that I was interviewing Nicole. It was infuriating. I wasn't able to get him to be quiet on the audio file without quieting us talk. And then you'd miss some important parts. So there's a little bit of barking and I'm sorry for that. And Chewy is sorry for that too. Aren't you Chewy? He's just looking at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) I ended up, I, I, in the end he was making so much noise that I ended up letting him into the office and holding him while I was talking to Nicole. So he would just be quiet, but Hey, this is this is what happens. This is what happens when you're working from home. <laughs> this week's recipe of the week is my slow cooker pumpkin soup. Okay, it's almost full, y'all. Okay, well, that's just in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> Here in Australia, it's actually heating up, but I keep on joking on Instagram that I'm in a full state of mind since everyone keeps sharing these delicious pumpkin and apple recipes. This classic creamy pumpkin soup comes together so easily in the slow cooker. Just set and forget. At the end, you're going to blend and you're done, ready to serve. Grab that recipe as well as all the links we discussed in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com slash 54. Now, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Hey, it's so great to chat with you, Cassie. Girl, I'm happy to chat with you again! Yay! <laughs> yes, I know it's the other way. This time I'm the guest. It's crazy. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna grill you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know, like a hamburger. <laughs> Speaking of hamburgers, no, do you want to tell us what your signature dish is? Something that everyone goes, Nicole, you've got to bring that. This is your thing. Okay, so. I would say, I know you're, you're going to tell me one and I always tell people, no, you have to pick one, but I'm, I'm going to give you two. So All right, I'll allow it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So the, the harder of the two is my chocolate chip cookies. And I would pit these cookies against anybody else's recipe, um, you know, who wants to step up to the plate with me on these cookies. I think my cookies are pretty awesome. And there are a couple of reasons why I think these cookies are awesome. The first is that they involve brown butter, which you'll hear me talk about later, the magic of brown butter. Seriously, it's an amazing ingredient. Um, The second thing is, is I allow these cookies to rest for 36 hours. Uh, if you try to eat these cookies before 36 hours, you know, the dough, it's okay, right? But there's magic that happens at that 36-hour mark. Um, and I remember reading a New York Times article about this, that a baker used to do this, and that really, like, changed the game for me. So I really love to let my chocolate chip cookie dough rest for 36 hours. It really brings out that 
praline type flavor into it. And then the third thing I do with my chocolate chip cookies is I don't use chocolate chips. I use a series of like chunks and chocolate bars. So I try to find, I use all different types of chocolate. I use milk chocolate. I use dark chocolate. I use chocolate with no sugar in it whatsoever because I want all of that different dynamic flavor to go into that cookie. Um, and you just get that, you know, it's like the, the chocolate is really the bitterness part of the cookie. So when you're eating a chocolate chip cookie, like just the sweet, you know, your, your mouth wants sweet, salty, bitter, sour. Um, and so this cookie has three uh, really distinct elements. There's that saltiness because I make sure I add a little bit of extra salt. Um, I, um, I don't sprinkle salt on top. I think that's actually too salty sometimes for a cookie. So I just add a little extra salt into the batter. Um, I have that like kind of bitterness with the chocolate and then of course the sweet dough. So that's like what I do when I'm, if I'm trying to like really impress somebody, I'll bring those. My second dish that I usually bring, if I'm just like last minute, someone invites me over to dinner or we have a potluck or just, just, I don't have a lot of time is I make tahini brownies. And these are a hit. Like I have not had people who tell me they don't like chocolate, like these brownies, because again, I love that play on bitterness, um, with, you know, chocolate. So this time I make the batter sweeter, um, and then I use the tahini, um, you know, or I think tahini can be too bitter if it's by itself. So you need to mix it into the batter that you're making before you add the chocolate, pull some of that out, then add the chocolate to that batter. And then, you know, you like swirl the tahini batter within that chocolate batter. And it's just a really gooey, delicious brownie that goes great with ice cream. It goes great with milk. It goes great by itself. Um, but that is like a, 30 minutes, you know, um, I got, I got like 45 minutes to make something and take it out the door. That's what I'm making. The cookies are more a deliberate, you know what? I really want to impress some folks. Uh, and I make those cookies. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm like kind of mad at you because I'm starving. (laughs) Those, those cookies, like I can just tell that anything that has been like so, so lovingly prepared. I mean, 36 hours is a long time to wait. It's mm-hmm. going to be something so special. And I like your idea of having a cookie war as well. Like I'll be the taste official taste tester for that if anyone wants to step up to the plate. I know, right? <laughs> it's like I don't I don't claim that for anything else, but I'll put those cookies up against anybody. Um, and you know, everybody has their take on a chocolate chip cookie. And I love recipes like that where everybody has their own version of it. That's my version. And it's really um me taking bits and pieces of things I've learned from other people and making that cookie recipe. I've made that cookie recipe probably, oh, probably 500 times, you know, since I've, since I've, I've, I've uh, worked with it and I've altered little things. And so that version of the cookie I described, that's, that's really the cookie I give to people. I'll tell you what though, um, people can overdo it. Like whenever, if you ever find your cookie and it's like spread really flat and it's kind of crispy um, and you're wondering like, what happened? It's because you have probably added too much fat to your cookie. You know, if you don't, if you're not precise on that measurement of the butter, um, you can over butter a cookie. I do tell people that you can over butter a cookie. So you do need to be careful with your measurements, but that is a surefire hit. So I love the, I love showing people those cookies. I don't tell anybody I'm making them because if you tell somebody you're making chocolate chip cookies, right? 
what, what do they want? They want cookies right now. So <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to be waiting a long time. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell somebody you're making cookies and then three days later, come back. Like, no, they'll, <laughs> they'll murder you. Like <laughs> I would murder you. So you don't tell anyone about those cookies. You just make them. And they're just like the end of the night. If we have a dinner party, that's kind of like, I send them home with a warm cookie and people freak out. Oh my gosh. That's how to make friends. Warm chocolate chip cookies after somebody leaves your house. Oh, that's the way to my heart. Yes. Oh, all right. Now, now I'm going to be thinking about cookies. I probably won't be able to get through the rest of this episode. But <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we'll start off with, uh, would you mind telling my listeners about your podcast, BFF with the Chef? What's it about? How did you get it started? Give us a bit of history. Well, I want to take you, um, you know, all the way back to, uh, 2018, January, 2018. And I had had some time on my hands. I had surgery and, you know, it it put me down for a little bit, but not so down where I couldn't get in the kitchen. And I wanted a hobby. Um, and I, my hobby, you know, prior to that point was just stuff in my face. Um, and, uh, I thought, uh, I, you know, I saw, I would, I would peruse through Instagram. I would see all of these gorgeous, you know, um, food photos in people's blogs. And I was like, I think I can do that. You know, um, I have a background in PR, so I'm like, all right, I, I got, I, I think I can do this. So I started a, a food blog called BFF with the chef. And I thought I was just going to cook through cookbooks, but I had to go back to work like three weeks later. And it kind of like, you know, turns out that, um, food blogging is really freaking hard. So <laughs> I, I gave up. I don't know how you guys do it. Like I always tell people food bloggers are like the unsung heroes of the internet. Like if you need to know how to make it, you wouldn't even know how to make instant pot rice without a food blogger figuring out how to use the instant pot. Instant pot wouldn't be a thing without food bloggers, right? Like learning how to use it, learning the times, you know, we just take for granted where we just go, we blog instant pot, brown rice, right? And we skip through all the lovingly prepared stories and, you know, antidotes that the pot, the food blogger has made. We go straight to the recipe, right? But like somebody like was like, I'm going to take this thing and make it. So I love food bloggers, um, but I could not be one of y'all. I'm just not good <laughs> enough. I, I'm, I'm just not good enough. And also I have no exception of the cookie recipe. I don't really have like a collection of recipes. Like how many ways can you make buffalo chicken dip? I just, I got nothing. So I gave up, but I felt bad about that. Plus that name BFF the chef is kind of fire. So I wanted to do something with it. And I had really gotten into listening to podcasts. In fact, I love um, this podcast called My Favorite Murder. And I was listening to it like crazy, like just binging through it. And I thought, I could I could do this, but maybe about food. And I listened to a lot of food podcasts. And they would interview a lot of like high, like famous chefs. Um, but I didn't hear anybody talking to food bloggers um, or unless they were super famous. And I didn't hear anybody really talking about people, you know, who loved food and wanted to just chat about it. So I decided to start a podcast that focused on those food bloggers who maybe aren't like super famous, but they're out there just grinding um, and focus on those chefs who are not like, you know, super famous and own a restaurant, but maybe they're like the sous chef or like they're a line chef and they work in a famous restaurant. Um, and that's kind of how I got started with the podcast. So my podcast, EFF with the chef aims to help, uh, those people like me 
you know, I'm never going to be a chef. I'm never, I don't want to be a chef. I don't want to work on the line. Like I'm just too wussy to do that. I'm not tough enough. I know that I'm okay with that, but it's for people like me who want to become better home cooks because I want to impress my friends. Right. I want to know killer tips that I can give to other people. I want to be one of those people who's like a wannabe. That's what I would call myself. I'm the ultimate (laughs) chef and food blogger fan. I'm not actually willing to do the work, but I want to look like I did. So that's what I created my podcast for. And it's um, designed to help people um, learn to be better home cooks and also for them to have fun and to just like be able to geek out and listen to me and the guests of the week geek out over food stuff. I love that. And I think it is important for like foodies to listen to people talk about I guess the reality of things, I think sometimes when you look at, if you can go and go just off food bloggers, if you looked at someone's Instagram feed, you would think that like everything is always picture perfect. And I don't know about you, Nicole, but most of the time when I'm cooking, it doesn't look pretty at the end. <laughs> like, mm. I'll try, yeah. but you know, it's, it's looking like homely, delicious food uh, that I want to dig into. So um, I think it's reassuring when people can hear, you know, you talk about, the, the not so great parts of cooking or, you know, like a killer tip that will help you. Um, yeah. Really improve your home cooking, something that you've struggled with. And yeah, just, just listening to people talk about yeah what we all love, which is food. We're all food lovers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, everybody loves to hear about like hamburger meat. I ain't never heard of somebody going, Oh, I don't want to hear about that. Right. <laughs> I mean, unless maybe you're vegan, but even a vegan hamburger sounds delicious. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, a hundred percent. I'll eat a vegan hamburger in a minute. Don't even. But I think the thing that, you know, people take away from the podcast and what people tell me that they take away is first of all, we're having fun, you know? Um, and it's fun to hear people. I, I think I say podcasts are like, um, a discussion and the third person listening is eavesdropping and that's the listener, right? You're laughing along with us. You're listening along with us. You're going, you know, you're exclaiming in your car when we're talking about things, you know, that you're, you're hearing about. Um, but I also think that, you know, one of the things I tell people all the time is when I, when I go over someone's house and like, Oh, I can't cook for you. You know, you're a, you're a food person. And I'm like, man, we can have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, you know, the first ingredient is love, right? I don't need it to be super fancy, but I do think everyone needs to be able to feed themselves and nourish themselves in some way. Uh, I have a motto where it's like, you have the right to feed your body in any way that you choose um, because it's your body and you get to put, you know, what you want into it, um, whether that's McDonald's or whether that's, you know, vegan food or, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I don't, I don't subscribe to this belief that there's a, a, you know, that there's healthy and unhealthy. I just think that there's moderation, you know, for, for whatever it is you decide to do and whatever your goals are. Um, But I think that regardless of however you want to eat, you should be able to nourish your body in that way. Um, And there's just something really special about being able to make a meal for yourself. You know, I will tell you that I didn't, you know, I grew up watching my mom cook and I had to help in the kitchen. I don't know who these people are who never had to cook. Like I had to help, but I will say that when I really started to cook for myself as a teenager, uh, it it, it, was, it lit a fire under me and it's something that I've always cherished. And being in the military, I don't always get 
to cook my own food. Like when you go on deployment, you're not cooking your own food, right? Um, you're you're going to a, a mess hall or, or, or a, a dining facility or you're eating MREs, right? And so not having the ability to always cook my own food made me, you know, um, really cherish it. And it was something special I got to do for myself when I was home, when I did have a chance to cook her meal for me. And that's what I want to encourage other people to do. That is a special self-care thing that you can do for yourself. I love that philosophy. I'm all in. And I think that you've probably gained a few new listeners now from that description. I think that my <laughs> listeners will be like, we're in too. Let's talk about it. So <laughs> you've interviewed a ton of inspirational chefs and food bloggers over the course of your five seasons now, two years. Woof. So yes. I thought today we'd chat about the best like behind the scenes chef tips that you've heard that have improved your home cooking. Um, so yeah. All right. Hit me with one. Well, well, I'll tell you, um, first, I will say everybody has one no kidding tip. Like you think you don't have a tip? Yeah, you do. Even if it's just like put Doritos in your sandwich, right? Like, <laughs> you know, you may think like, oh, that's just me being basic, but it's not. It's the fact is, is that you, you recognize that you like crunchy and you like texture and you like that salty, you know, like cheesy flavor and you want to add it to a sandwich. So even that is a tip, right? You know, on to make something more delicious. And I've heard a lot of tips. Um, it's surprising like how many of the tips actually are very similar. And the reason being is because they work, you know, like there's just some, there's just some things like salt your food, you know, taste your food. Those are just tips, you know, mise en place, like, you know, prepare your ingredients before you start cooking. And, and you hear those tips over and over again and people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, 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 you hear them over and over again because they really work, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like, you know, it's just some things are very basic. Like how do you get in shape? You put on your sneakers and you put one foot in front of the other, you know, (laughs) it's as simple as that. Um, but there have been some really interesting tips also that I have learned and I will, I will, I'll go and I actually, I actually have six, uh, I know. I'll allow it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. People are going to be on my podcast. Like you only let me have one. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? Uh, I <laughs> debated in court, maybe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll start with number six. So, so, uh, my number six tip that I heard, I just heard it last week, actually. Um, and, and there have been other, um, uh, 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 food bloggers and chefs that have given me that tip. But one is um, from Brandy Wharton from Inspired Fresh Life. And she taught me to save my veggie scraps in like a plastic bag in the freezer until I have like a, a good amount of them and then boil all them to make a really delicious veggie stock. And you can use that to like cook rice and or noodles or whatever you want to add a little extra flavor to. And I'm not going to tell you that like my mind is like, what? This whole time I've been throwing away like onion butts. You know what I mean when I say onion butt? Yeah. Like, okay, uh, everybody, onion butts are, they are freaking flavorful. That's where actually where the most flavor of your onion is and it's onion butts. And here I've been throwing away all this valuable like flavor. Uh, I can't believe it. Um, you know, when you do basil, um, actually the most flavor for basil is in the stem. It's not the leaf, right? The leaf is for garnish. The stem is for flavor. Uh, this whole time I've been throwing away all this great flavor. I didn't realize it. So uh, she's like, yeah, she's like once a month. I take it. I boil it. Uh, you know, not boil, but she simmers all her, her um, scraps into a big pot. And then she just pulls that pot and strains it and skims it. And there you go. Veggie stock. And I'm like, oh, man, I have, you know, just all that. I just like, like just 
angry with the amount of things that I just wasted that I could have been using. Um, and you can do this, you know, like with banana peels, um, you know, uh, uh, Joel, uh, Gamoran, he's a chef and he's not out yet, but he will, um, be out. One of the tips that he gave me is like banana skins are one of the most edible and reusable, like, you know, things on the fruit that you didn't know. Right. Um, like you can boil your bananas, your banana uh, skins, and you take that kind of like liquor that you get from it, like you reduce it. And that's a really flavorful liquor, right? And you put that in a banana bread or you can, it's like a banana flavor. It's like your own personal banana extract. And I'm like, oh, I've been like, I've not been, you know, I've been wasting that. So um, I've never yeah. heard that banana one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Now, right. You know, yeah. wait until you hear his episode. He's got a lot of things you can do with banana skins. I had no idea. Yeah. So you can make banana bacon. Uh, it's coming up. So that's, All right, like, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. He was amazing. So, so that's like my number six. Um, number five, I would say is from, um, chef, uh, Kelsey Morgan. And, uh, uh, she was in season four, episode three. Um, and she was a, a graduate of the CIA. She's a pastry chef. Uh, and I used to go and buy her pastries all the time in Hawaii at a place called Bread Shop. Love you guys, Bread Shop. Miss you guys. Um, uh, go there, by the way, if you want some of the most phenomenal sourdough bread in your life. They, they, they're making some amazing bread products in Honolulu. Mm. Um, but she was, this is a very simple tip, but she's like, use in-season produce because it's just weird. Um, you know, when you, you're, the best berries are in the heart of like, you know, June and July, like right now for, you know, where you're at, like in the U S it is the best berry season. I think it, for you, it's like October, November, maybe. Um, so, you know, use the produce that's in season. And that sounds very basic, but it's, it's just better. Like, right. Like towards the end of the summer, peaches are going to start coming out here in the U S and that is the best time to make a peach pie because those peaches are just going to ridiculously sweet. Um, and so, you know, she's like, you don't really have to do a whole lot to your produce, um, if you use it in season. And so if you don't know what's in season, there is like, you know, the Google machine can easily find that for you, but use stuff in season. Um, that's a really great tip. Yeah. I I love that. Yeah. And it's yeah. also cheaper because like if you yes. buy stuff that's in season, there's like a glut of it. It'll be cheaper. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and, and let's say, you know, I always, this is a tip, my own tip that I learned, but uh, let's say there's just one, one year, there's like this ridiculously, like one week out of the year, cherries all come into season here in the States. Okay. And they're the cheapest you are ever going to find them. Just ridiculously cheap. Now I can tell you one of the things I'm trying to find in my next house is I want a big old freezer because gosh, if you can shop the wave is what I call it, you can get such great produce for like the rest of the year. So Mm -hmm. I like just bought like 10 pounds of cherries. I don't know what I was thinking. So I ended up pickling half of them. Uh, I froze some of them. Um, I, you know, poured booze on some of them to preserve them. I mean, look, you don't have to own a farm to get into preserving things, but those cherries lasted me all year. Um, so, you know, shop the wave and, and buy in season. Love that tip. Yeah. Okay. Number four. Um, 
Brown butter makes everything more delicious. <laughs> I learned this from Chef Martel Stone. He's in uh, season four, episode three. So he's um, the sous chef for Kith and Ken. Uh, it's probably one of the best restaurants in America. Uh, and, you know, I met him because I had dinner at that restaurant. Um, you know, it's owned by Chef Kwame. Um, uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Oh, Kuchi. Uh-uh, don't even quote me on that. He owns <laughs> Kith and Ken. It's one of the, he's one of, you know, uh, he's one of America, you know, he's, uh, 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 he was on Top Chef. Um, you know, he wrote a book called, you know, uh, uh, Notes from a Black Chef. Um, I'm probably butchering all those things. I'm sorry, Chef, if I am. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. And he's amazing. And so um, uh, Chef Martel Stone was, is his sous chef at the restaurant. And he was just so nice, came out and chatted with me. And so then he came on the podcast uh, for, for season four. And he talked about how he uses brown butter and a lot of things, but he especially talked about using brown butter to cook his pancakes and, and about died because I love pancakes. And it just blew my mind, like, why haven't I been browning the butter that I put into my pancakes and then cooking them and brown butter. What is wrong with me, girl? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> now that you're saying it, I'm like, ah, I need to try this immediately. <laughs> immediately. But you know, I use brown butter in my cookies. Like just think about it. So brown butter has those really toasty notes. Like anytime you want to have that like toasty flavor in something and you have butter in it, just brown the butter. It's never bad. I can't think of a time when browning, the, except if you're making a burr blanc. And even then, you should make a brown butter, a brown burr blanc sauce. Say that five times fast. Yes, yes. I can't think of a time when, when toasting brown butter, it didn't improve the dish in some way. So brown butter makes everything more delicious. And you can pre-toast it. So you can just like make like a mess of toast, you know, of a of brown butter and then just put that back in the fridge and then just, you know, bring it back up to heat like when you need it. That's a great point. idea. That's a really yeah, you good just bring idea. it up to, you know, you could freeze it, right? You know, and then you have these little brown and like ice cubes trays and you have these little like, you know, or some, and if you really want to take your game up, just put some herbs in there, like some sage or something. And now you have this delicious, you know, like thing that you can add to a soup or, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like freezing herbs um, in olive oil or in uh, butter anyway, because they pre- that preserves them. And then you have something ready to go. But you can do that with brown butter too. Such a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm trying that pancakes for sure. For sure, for sure. I'm like, what have I been doing with my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three um, is a tip I got from Joe Thrasher. She runs the uh, blog Joe Eats. She was in season two, episode wow. seven. And she's like, medium high heat is okay. You know, I think a lot of times, especially when people are learning to cook, like let's say you want to sear a steak and people are like, you got to get that pan ripping hot. And Joe's like, yeah, no, you can like do that, but you can bring it down. You don't have, you know, all the heat is doing, it's how fast it's going to cook it, right? You can cook your steak on medium high and it's going to be okay, right? You, you know, you don't just don't touch it. Like when, you know, you can, you can leave it there. Like she's like, if you're scared or you're nervous, medium high is okay. It doesn't have to be super high or rip roaring high. Um, and it makes sense after you think about it, like, yeah, you know, it's just like the steak doesn't, you know, you don't need the steak to cook super, super, you know, quickly all the time. Um, you just want to get that crust on it, but you can still achieve that with medium high heat. 
I think that is like a, a mistake that we make when we first start cooking or even like it can, it can carry on. Like I know I'm always a bit thingy about chicken um, mm-hmm. and cooking it. I'm trying, I try and be better and like not just cook the crap out of it because mm-hmm. then it just tastes really bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you'll, I'll just put it, crank the heat up high and then it burns too quickly mm-hmm. rather than cooking all the way through. So right. medium it's, high yeah. heat is great. Medium high heat's okay. It's not, it doesn't have to be ripping hot all the time. Um, number two is from a, uh, a, a YouTube, YouTuber. Her name is Jen Finarat, and she has a show called Just Jen. She's on uh, Taste Made and she's on Hulu um, and she's fantastic and super fun. Um, and I highly recommend her show. Um, but she talked about learning how to make fridge potpourris and what she means by that is learn to use up what's in your fridge right she's like don't go out you know uh if a recipe calls for something don't go out and go buy all those ingredients see what you have and substitute and so you know look if you're making a um salad dressing and you don't have a shallot and shallot's my favorite like type of alum to put in a salad dressing but if i don't have that garlic onion leek whatever is in that family will work you know uh, okay, maybe I don't have, let's say I have for some crazy reason, I don't have any garlic or onion. You know, what else can I substitute that will give me a similar flavor? Onion powder, maybe garlic powder. You know, she's like, don't go out and buy a bunch of ingredients just to make a dish. Use what you have in your fridge. And she's like, you're just gonna, you know, she's like, you know, maybe at first you might have to Google how to do that. Um, if you're not very confident cook, but generally there's like a certain set of like things that you should learn to do. Like any vegetable can be creamed and turned into a soup, you know, any vegetable can be, you know, you know, nearly almost all vegetables with the exception of maybe like some really delicate greens can be roasted right? And, and add it to pasta. Um, you can always make a frittata, right? You can always even just toast a piece of bread, butter it and pile it high with roasted vegetables. So, you know, there are ways to use up stuff in your fridge and the more you learn how to use things up in your fridge, the less you will waste food. I love that. I've mentioned on here a few times that my, my, biggest goal for 2020 was to stop food waste because yeah, it just, it can get out of hand really quickly. Mm-hmm. And especially if you don't like meal plan properly, you open up your crisper at the end of the week and you've got all these wilting veggies that you've got to use up quick smart. So I like the idea of, yeah, trying to make the most of what you have and figuring out how, how to use things in different ways. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to necessarily be used in one way. So yeah, like the soup is such a good idea. You're right. Just like roasting up everything and using those in different ways is great too. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people if you have, if you have a bunch of vegetables in your fridge and you don't know what to do with them, you know, olive oil, them babies up, you know, salt, pepper, put them in a hot, you know, a, a hot medium high oven, you know, for about 20 minutes until you, until you see them start to, to wilt and maybe get brown around the edges a little bit, you know, pull them out. You know, if you've got any sort of grain, rice, quinoa, you know, bulgur, uh, uh, name any other grain that you can think of, right. Lentils, whatever, right. Throw some of those vegetables in there. Uh, I'm like, some type of sauce, salad dressing, you can make a tahini sauce, you can make a peanut butter sauce, like whatever, right? And then, you know, any type of protein, chicken, steak, whatever you have, maybe you have a a piece of steak left over from last night, maybe you have some roasted chicken, maybe you have some chickpeas, right? That's a dinner, that's a bowl, right? That is literally what I eat 
75% of the time. I oh, just one make of my some, favorite meals. <laughs> oh yeah. You just, I just make some sort of grain bowl and it's usually some type of sauce, like whatever, you know, like it can be like a sesame sauce or a peanut sauce, or I usually have some sort of nut butter sauce in it. Right. Cause I like, I like nut butter sauces. Um, I usually have some sort of grain, what I've, I've cooked a bunch of, and I usually just stick with brown rice. I think people feel like, Oh, you got to have all these from grains. No, just pick your favorite grain. And then that's it. Like, you know, um, I, I used to buy a lot of like risotto and I would feel bad because risotto is really rich, but I still love risotto. You can make risotto, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not a real risotto, but you can make risotto like rice with brown rice. So most times it's like a pot of brown rice, like some sort of protein that I've cooked up for the week, a bunch of roasted veggies that I just literally like take a spoonful out, throw it in the bowl, you know, cause I'm coming home. It's like seven o'clock at night. I don't want to think about this. And I just have all the ingredients that I need and I throw this together, throw it in the microwave for a minute. And that's dinner. I, I mean, that's a good, and, and that's a way where you don't, I just buy what's on sale. So you, you should have like five or six recipes that don't really need a recipe, right? It's just stuff you know how to make like a pasta dish or a frittata or a grain bowl, you know, or sandwich or, or <laughs> yeah, you know, that you should just, you should just easily have those, you know, things that no matter what veg you have or what grain you have, you know that these elements can come together into a bowl. Such a good idea. And you're right. The meal, the meal prep hack of just throwing bowls together with all your leftovers is such a good idea. Yeah. I love, I love the cooking once and eating multiple times. Like that makes life easier. It really does. Cause most people like don't look, even I, you know, we are food people. Like we love cooking. Right. And even I, on like a Tuesday night, sometimes like, I don't feel like, like, I don't like even tacos is too hard. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes I'm just tired. I'm, my brain is tired from work. It was a long day and I just want to put something in me that tastes good. You know, and it's, you know, you want to, I, I, I will tell you that I always want my food to taste delicious. Um, but I also like, it doesn't necessarily have to be beautiful. It just has to taste good. A sauce, like my own personal tip is learn to make like simple sauces, you know, and have some on hand even, um, you know, it's just have your own signature sauce. Like I have like a tahini sauce that I make and I just, you know, it's just the sauce that I use on a lot of things because I know it tastes good. I know it's going to go well with most veggies and you know, it's, it's easy. You know, I can keep it on hand. So you know, just a little bit of prep. Some people are like, that's still too much prep. Like <laughs> no, you can no. buy, yeah, you can buy, you can, you don't have to make it. You can even just buy, like, look, if you live in America um, and you live in the lower 48, you have this amazing uh, thing called Trader Joe's and they got all of these pre-made sauces. That, like, what are you doing with your life? Like, come on, you know, you can, you can make it as easy or as hard as you want, but you know, just knowing how to put things together is like half the battle. Absolutely. Oh, I miss, I miss Trader Joe's so much. (laughs) It's like my first stop every time. (laughs) I just got back. And so that was one of my first stops when I landed, you know, I was like, I had, I was allowed to go get groceries and then go to my room. And I was like, I'm getting all the Trader Joe's stuff. So um, (laughs) I'm looking forward to getting my kitchen back because I'm going to Trader Joe's it up. So they've got some even, yeah, since I've been gone for three years, like um, they've, they've got some really great new things. So Trader Joe's is your friend, you guys. Um, Okay. My top tip, the best tip I've ever gotten, like the number one tip that people mention when they talk to me about my podcast is from season one, episode two, 
Chef Emily Wilson. Um, she had, I mean, this tip still goes down in history. It's one of the best tips. And it is add acid to your food. Um, it blew my mind and changed my life. I'm not kidding on that. I didn't understand like the point of acid or, or what it really did um, until she explained it and I started doing it. And anybody, like I will tell you that most of my people who cook a whole lot for other people talked about, they always had like a bowl of lemons or they had a lot of vinegars, but acid really does change the way your food tastes and it wakes up the flavor in your food. Kind of like how people say like salt, 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 salt. Um, salt is very critical and you do, you should salt your food. Like I'm a big proponent of salt your food. Like, um, but the next thing I would tell you after salting your food is when you taste your food and it's a little flat, it probably needs some acid to wake up that flavor. Your mouth wants a dichotomy of like salty, sweet, sour, bitter. So a lot of times people neglect the sour. Um, I mean, I love pickles and like things like kimchi, like the funkier and the sourier, the better because my mouth loves that puckering kind of flavor. Um, especially like in a savory food. I really love a puckery savory food. And so if you ever like, you know, notice like, man, why is this dish so delicious? I can't stop eating it. It's probably because the chef has added some acid to it. That's kind of what makes you like when you eat a pickle and you're just like, mm, you know, you kind of got that. It's like that real kind of special savory, like, you know, sour flavor. Yeah. That's what's happening. So I love adding acid to my food. In fact, I love adding acid to creamy dishes because it really brightens it up. Um, you can add acid with lemon. You can add acid with vinegars. Um, I, I'll tell you this, this story. I, when I was leaving Hawaii, I had just a bunch of food that you can't ship, you know, across the ocean. And one of it was just like bottles and bottles of vinegar. In fact, I gave all of my vinegars to a friend and he was like, I want to say thank you very much, but also we need to sit down and talk because you got a problem. Like how many vinegars does one woman need? I mean, I must have had 20 bottles of different vinegar um, because I love like that flavor so much in my food. It just really changes the dynamic of your food. It makes it more dynamic. It makes it more bright. Um, you just can't go wrong. So if you're ever tasting a dish and you're like, why does this not, it's good, but it's not like, it's not, it's not super good. Try add a spritz of lemon or add some vinegar to it. Um, you know, and, and I bet you it will really change the flavor and really brighten your food. Whoa, Nicole, there's been so much in this episode. I feel like I hope everyone had their pens and paper because we've got a, I've got a lot of things to try now. Like I, I'm still dreaming of the cookies from the start. So thank you mm -hmm. for putting those in my mind. But now I've mm -hmm. also got pancakes going on in there. I'm, I'm wondering if I can have a lunch of pancakes today with my brown butter. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I approve. <laughs> That's all or I need brown to butter hear. dressing. I, I will oh. tell you, I've done a brown, like half olive oil, you know, um, as long as it's at room temperature, half olive oil, add a little bit of brown butter to your dressing and then like a shallot and some, um, you know, like some, uh, 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 a little bit of Dijon and then maybe like, you know, a little bit of, of lemon juice or a little bit of like, you know, red wine vinegar or white wine vinegar. That is also a really amazing salad dressing. Yum. <sighs> 
Oh my gosh. I've, I've got to stop talking to you. I'm starving now. <laughs> All you're doing is making me so hungry. I was, I was actually saying to my husband last time, like, I've got to stop being a food blogger because every single person I follow on all of my socials is all food related. Mm-hmm. And so I'll sit there overnight and I'll just be like, yum, yum, yum. Uh. Mm-hmm. I want to eat that. I'm going to eat that. I'm going to, I have so many things. I'm like, I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. And yeah. I'm going to make that. Yeah. That I'm list is that. growing a little too far. <laughs> Yeah. A hundred percent. I know it's like, it's, you know, being a food blogger, it's, you, you always think to yourself like, Oh, if I could only have that. No, now I want that. And, uh, it's just, it got, it's gotten to the point now where I, you know, I can, I can just sort of like imagine like when somebody gives me a set of ingredients, I can imagine what those flavors are going to taste like. I'm not mystified anymore. Um, and a lot of that is due to the podcast. I, I will say that just personally, if you are a person and you're like, Oh, I want to learn to cook better. Or, you know, I want to, I, I'm not really confident in the kitchen. You know, I mean, everybody wants to be confident in the kitchen, right? And everybody wants to press their friends. Um, you know, and everybody wants to be able to make good meals for yourself. And a lot of people are like, just get there, get in there and practice. I'm not going to tell you that. What I'm going to tell you is what is something that you really love to eat? Like maybe it's pizza, right? You know, okay, you love pizza. All right. Now I want you to make pizza for yourself once a week. Because if you do something enough times, that's when you start to get good because you'll mess up enough where you're like, ah, okay, I understand now. Or, uh, I noticed three times I did this and it didn't work. And now I've done it again. I'm going to fix that problem because I want my pizza to be crispier. You'll purposely go look that stuff up because you have a natural interest and then you'll do it. Look, I started making chocolate chip cookies because I love chocolate chip cookies, right? And I was trying to catch a man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said he liked chocolate chip cookies. So guess what ah, I started doing? Yeah, I started yeah. making chocolate chip cookies and I made a best chocolate chip cookie and I caught him, <laughs> right? You know, but, but I had a, I had a, I had an interest, right? But I wasn't, I didn't start, you know, like what you're hearing now, that's like 15 years later, you guys, right? Like I didn't start out like this. I was making hamburger helper like everybody else. Like I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, a gourmet chef from the very beginning. I started out, you know, making, you know, spaghetti and the stuff my mom taught me to make. And then I slowly branched out from there, but I made the things I wanted to make and I made stuff I wanted to eat. You know, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be healthy. I gotta do this. Well, okay. If you want to be healthier, but you still love pizza, just make your pizza and add, you know, like start adding veggies to it and see what you like because even if you make a pizza for yourself like I always feel like if you make a pizza for you it's still better for you than if you get it you know it's still healthier and better for you because you are involved in your own food process and you know what you're putting into it and guaranteed you you know I also have a rule for myself where I make all of my own junk food so like if I, you know, with the exception of chips, girl, you cannot, I don't know. I just, nah. I can't get chips right. Yeah. But if I want like something like, if I want like a baked good or something, I generally want to make it myself because I'm picky. But now I'm to the point where it's like, if it, like a pre-packaged brownie that that's just like a, like a corporate, what I call a corporate made brownie is just not, I don't, I'm just not even worth calories. Like, nope, not even worth it for me. Um, but my own brownie, like I know that's going to be good and I put all the really good stuff into it. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's eat that. So, yeah. That's a good tip as well. And it, you don't, to be a confident cook in the kitchen, you don't have to cook everything 
Right. Like you don't have to, if baking isn't your thing, who cares? Like (laughs) try something else. Like if it is pizza, maybe it's that you want to cook the best roast chicken in the world. Go Mm -hmm. for it. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's going to be a delicious experiment. (laughs) Yeah. Make what you make, what make the things you want, you are interested in eating because you're going to be infinitely more interested and, and look, it ain't, it, it probably won't come out right the first time I have made those cookies and I have messed them up because you're either, you're not paying attention or, you know, you use something that you normally don't use. It's, it's okay. Like it's just food. Yes. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. You can try again. So <laughs> thank you so much. Can you let my listeners know where they can find you? Oh yes. So I got lucky and I own all things BFF with the chef. So you can find me on Instagram at BFF with the chef.com. Uh, that's my website. Instagram is BFF with the chef. You can find me on Facebook at BFF with the chef. You can find me. I don't, re- I'm on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter. I don't really use Twitter. If you try yeah, to tweet me, know. I'm like, well, no, does anybody <laughs> use Twitter for food? I don't know. <laughs> food, all right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook and my website is bffwiththechef.com. And I'm on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, anywhere. We're fine. Podcasts are, are uh, 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 podcasted. Uh, you can find <laughs> me there. So you can, if you're an Android person, if you're an Apple person, I'm on both platforms. Um, and yeah, so, you know, and then uh, people can also email me at Nicole at bffwiththechef.com in case they have any questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all these tips with us today. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. I know I'm not the only one who's been dreaming about Nicole sharing her chocolate chip cookies with us. I feel like it's unfair. You should be able to like send us some cookies at least now. Um, I can also report that since this episode, I've tried cooking my pancakes in brown butter and oh my gosh, it is amazing. I will never go back. Never go back. It's a must try. For all the links we discussed in today's episode, head to cookitrealgood.com slash 54. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.